0: Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world, Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing, the greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our tribe membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. I already know people out there are probably not feeling too good crypto land. I know there's a lot going on. Not only that, but some of the stuff is just stupid, completely a about face from what we were hearing. And hopefully those that are listening to this, whether you're new or you're long-term, if you're a repeat listener, I appreciate you. And hopefully it's clear that there's a pattern in what I cover. And I said, I didn't think that the, the minor push was going to sustain and it didn't. And we're seeing some ups and downs and things are still uncertain. There's more coming out and I don't think it's the end of it. I think we're going to see a lot more of it, but there are some important things. I think if you're not aware or have not been following because they affect you directly, they, they, even if you're not in projects, they affect you directly because it goes to what the future portends P O R T E N D S for how everything needs to work and what's being pushed, and my theories. So OpenSea, probably the biggest news is OpenSea laying off about 20%, if I recall, of their staff, which is a huge freaking number. OpenSea, for those that don't know or not in the loop, OpenSea is arguably the largest exchange for NFTs. And so when the largest, arguably, exchange for NFTs is cutting staff, it usually means that there was financial insolvency, as in they didn't have enough operating money to be able to support operations. Now, the concern, the bigger concern, I think, is how is it possible that this open sea, which is arguably raking in tons and fees and all this stuff, somehow is not able to pay its bills? I'm going to speculate. And the reason I'm speculating is because nobody truly knows exactly what the deal is. All we can do is speculate. However, patterns are pretty darn clear. First of all, you need to understand, I am certified in a lot of different things. I have a lot of technical certifications. I have a lot of business certifications. I have business college education. I have a business certificate college. I have a lot of exposure on the financial side, compliance side. I've been an auditor in a past life. I have a lot of exposure on business. Part of the problem in cryptocurrency, I have said from day one, is that many of these organizations do not act like a business. They try to but they don't really do it. So I had that wrong for certain of these orgs. OpenSea tried to act like a business to its detriment. Here, let me explain that to you, right? There was a company at one point in time, it actually still exists by brand, but not in its form, called Circuit City out in the United States. Circuit City was at one point one of the largest places to go for electronic shopping. You literally could go and buy almost anything, computers and hardware and all sorts of stuff. One of the coolest stores. Back in the heydays, it was where you would go to buy a TV. It's where you would go to buy movies when DVDs started to become a thing. It's where you would go to buy pretty much everything. Best Buy has largely taken them over. At the time, though, Circuit City was doing good things. Circuit City, and I'm telling you the story secondhand because it's important you understand why I think OpenSea is the same thing. Circuit City changed. At some point, they, they basically cut all the good people in their employment and they started recruiting just a bunch of salespeople without the technical knowledge. So then they're doing all these gimmicks to try to attract people into the stores, more people into the stores. When Windows Vista comes around, Windows Vista had one main problem, which is that Microsoft marketed it wrong. They had this glass interface, it looks all fancy, without properly divulging how much powered hardware you needed in order to effectively run it. So Windows 10, as an example, you could pretty much run any hardware you want, and 10 would work, Windows 7 would work, XP would work, but Vista, for whatever reason, was just high level. Circuit City was shilling and shilling and shilling Vista, Vista Vista-capable, Vista-ready PCs. That was, I think, the death knell. There were other mistakes they made. And ultimately, Circuit City had to shut down. Same thing with many other companies where they make these stupid decisions, and as a result, they are forced to shut down. With OpenSea, what happens with a lot of these, and the reason I say that they acted like a business, these companies make stupid decisions in terms of the staff they need, their internal processes, and refusal to change. Where they end up having too many people, so they'll hire hire and hire and hire and hire and hire, and they'll ramp up and you know, during the bull run, they're like, you know, let's get more people or better to have more than less. And they're not really fixing the process to optimize the use of those people. It's not effective to just keep hiring and hiring and hiring endlessly when you're not going to optimize how people are being used, which means you need to make sure that people are only doing the work that's necessary to do. You need to make sure that you have enough people to do all the work without overloading people, but not so many people that you have basically not enough work to keep them engaged. And there's a very complex calculation that goes into resource utilization that should tie to how you budget for roles and positions. I would argue very few people get this right. And the reason is because they're told by the low level user who's trying to cover their ass, no, I got to do this and I have to click this and I have to update this. And this is the way I have to do the work. It's the only way nobody's willing to challenge those. So what you have is people that come to work and they do maybe three hours of work and they're browsing Facebook or in this case, Twitter or something else, and they're wasting time. And so then when something like this happens where now money is kind of tight, guess what? The people who take excessive time off are on that cut list. Number one, they're going to be added to a layoff list. I guarantee you, if you don't believe me, don't I I'm, do your own research, right? If you take excessive time, and I know it sounds weird because you're like, but if they give it to you, they don't want you to take time off. Every company says they do work-life balance and we want you to fill in for it refreshed and all that with the exception of government. I'm talking in the private sector. They don't want you to take time off. They want you to come to work every single day. They can sit there and complain at you and whine at you because you're not taking time off. And they put use it or lose it to basically take it from you. And those outside of the United States are probably looking at me in shock. This is the way it works. The way that they do it is they basically guilt you into not taking the time. Yeah, there's a lot of work, man. I mean, yeah, well, I want you to take time off. Oh, geez, there's a lot of work here. Da, 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 da. And if you don't take time, it's like, well, you really need to take time off. I mean, you really need to, it's all a game. It's all a game. It's all a big scam. And I want you to understand. They don't want you to take time off of you. Take time off excessive amounts, you're on that layoff list, guaranteed. So they look for those low-hanging fruit people. People who take a lot of time off, people who have been vocal, complaining about something, or you, they don't specialize in anything. They don't stand in a crowd. They want you to constantly be developing learning at your own expense. Things where they don't see that the person's adding value to the company, they'll gladly lay those people off. The problem is, It's their fault that those people have that culture because nobody's forcing people to have a better culture internally. And by better culture, I mean that no, we're not trying to force people to take time off. And no, we're not trying to force guilt people into not taking time off. We simply say, what do you need to do every day? I'm not gonna force you to show up at 8 a.m. for an 8 a.m. meeting to talk about another meeting, about this meeting over here. We're not gonna burn you out with silly tasks and work. We're not going to have this other here. We're going to have a better culture. None of them want to do it because they, those Harvard and Yale and whatever grads are told in college that that's not how you manage people. So it's all connected. So these companies, when you see like OpenSea laying off 20% of the staff, you can only come to one conclusion, which is that these high-paid, high-credential people in a high level, they're told to do this. They're told that layoffs should be your default. Don't take it on the chin as the CEO and cut your salary to help keep people. Go ahead and just lay them off because you can see that they're not contributing to the business. In the bigger picture of cryptocurrency then, you would hope that crypto businesses would act smarter and they would learn from the mistakes of the private and they have not and will not. And so you're going to see more of these, I can almost guarantee you. Does it affect you directly? I say yes because many of these you know cryptos that are trying to build up NFTs They're going to go to OpenSea in order to sell them almost every time. There's a few other ones out there, marketplaces. OpenSea is the go-to. I don't think OpenSea is going to shut down, but I do think OpenSea is going to have some problems. And it has to do with their model and what they've done to get to this point. They've made stupid decisions, as with many of these companies. So long-term, we'll have to see what happens there and kind of go from there. It doesn't surprise me, is my point. I had covered this business on Celsius, right? And Celsius had paid back the Bitcoin loan that they had, which should have been really good news for people that were watching it. Celsius now is coming up with more information. They're kind of being there, and I give them credit for being transparent, very transparent for what's going on here because many of the companies don't want to do that. They duck the smoke like Doe Rug Pool with Luna and Terra. Here they're being very, very transparent, and I appreciate them doing so because. They're coming up with a lot of information. One of these is that they had filed for bankruptcy protection. Now, this is freaking a lot of people out. I've got another update about this, but just to kind of put it into perspective here. So they divulged very recently after this filing, you know, they have a $1.2 billion hole in the balance sheet because you're required when you file the bankruptcy to divulge all assets and locations and, you know, where's the money so you can hopefully pay back creditors. So they, this gap is kind of weird. It's like, well, how the heck are you missing, essentially, $1.2 billion? Turns out, from what people think, that the company was using people's money and investing it through to something else, and then they were using credit to do something else, and there's kind of this, I don't want to call it is, but it is what it is, kind of this Ponzi scheme, house of cards of money use, where they may not have been following the money, and they may not have been tracking things like they needed to do, which might have caused them to basically borrow more money than they needed to, which might have caused them to get into the situation. They also were trying to raise funding and they claimed that they raised a certain amount, but turns out they raised lower. So my opinion on this whole Celsius business is that this was highly mismanaged. Whoever's in charge didn't know what the F they were doing. And the thing is, again, we're talking these highly credentialed, like, listen, I don't have a Harvard degree. I don't have a Yale degree. I don't have a Howard degree. I don't have any of that garbage. But if you have listened to me for any period of time, you can pretty much tell I speak educated because I have business knowledge and experience at the low level, but also at the management level that you can't get just sitting being book smart. Book smart doesn't teach you in the trenches how to do it. Some of these people have run companies before. Yes. Into the ground. The problem is that just because they've got, well, I'm a Harvard, this company says, all right, great cool. We'll just pay you $300,000 and and give you a whole bunch of stock of millions of dollars because you have that degree. And then they take another company and go somewhere else. And they keep getting it because of the college degree, not because they have any success doing this. And so you see this over and over again. Well, <laughs> after this all happens, right? And this gets revealed, they filed bankruptcy and there's these gaps and da, 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 man, people are just dumping that Celsius like crazy, completely dumping it. The market cap completely tanks. Like 86%, it's pretty bad because people are really not, they're now really upset about what's going on here. Really upset to the point that there was a a user and this, I believe was Reddit. Yes, Reddit. There was a user that came out and commented on the Celsius official forum saying that they were suicidal. I don't like to see this. And unfortunately, here's the thing. I say it and I want to repeat it and I know it ad nauseum and you don't want to hear me repeat it, but I think it's important, critically important. Anybody listening to me, whether you're new, first time, long time, I don't care. Anybody listening to me, I don't know what it's going to take because I know you've heard it from more than just me. So I don't know what it's going to take. I'm going to say it, but I know you've heard it before and I don't know what it takes to stop this. Stop investing your entire thing into anything. Stop doing, I don't care if it's crypto or not. Stop doing that. Invest what you can afford to lose. Please stop giving all your money to anything. Please stop. I understand. Please. There's no reason to do it. I don't care how good something looks. It's not worth it. And at the end of the day, no, I'm not attacking anybody. I'm trying to help people. If you're out there listening and you've done this, please get it out now. Get Keep your family taken care of, number one. Keep a roof over your head, number two. Keep food on your table, number three. And you may need to switch that order depending on your situation. The bottom line is, please stop YOLOing into anything, whether it's crypto, whether it's stock or anything. I don't know. Stop. I don't care how good your job is. I don't care that you just got a bonus. I don't care that you just got a raise. I don't care that you just cashed out stock. I don't care. Stop YOLOing into things. And I'm saying that because you need to stay safe, not because it's a scam or not because they're incompetent leadership, but because of what you don't know. You can't plan, especially now. We have a terrible, crappy situation. I This person apparently took all of their savings and they were putting it into this Celsius. I don't know what compelled them to do this because apparently, according to them, they have a, a kid and then they just they're got pregnant and then they have a new mortgage. And they were banking on their emergency fund to pay, take care of their lives. And then he got laid off in the job. Listen, or, see, or she, Listen. Why are you, don't do that, okay? Don't fund your day-to-day necessities off your emergency fund. Like, listen when what I'm saying that. It's your emergency fund for a reason. Yes, you had the emergency of getting laid off, but no, you took your discretionary money and you dumped it into something that was a high-risk asset. Don't do that, okay? Because I don't want people getting wrecked like this. And I certainly don't want to see people being suicidal. I don't want to see this. At the end of the day, we don't know. We, as in everybody, don't know what's going to fail. We don't know that the the Sri Lanka thing, same thing. The guy just literally up and leaves the country. There's so much uncertainty. Take care of yourself and your family first. Invest only what you know you don't care about. Please, I'm, I'm imploring you because I don't want you wrecked by any of this nonsense that's going on. For any reason, there's no reason for it. Side note now, let's get back on track. And hopefully people listen and take heed because I... So, Plaid. Do you know Plaid? Plaid is a very unfortunate service that serves an unfortunate need. What happens is when you are trying to set up your bank, right, and you want to do transfers to another bank, your bank might say, hey, we need to connect and get query information from your other bank so that we can make an authorized connection. In the old days, what would happen is they would just send a small deposit or two and you would wait for it to deposit, may take a day or two, and you would verify it and then you're all good to go. What they've tried to now do is increasingly push this Plaid. And what Plaid, the problem Plaid tries to solve is that it allows them to connect to the account, see the current balance, see a sample deposit, see a reversal deposit, see that there's, that the account number's correct and the name matches and they can see all this data and ostensibly verify without having to do the deposits and not to wait for it. The downside of Plaid, as we've seen, they've been sued. There's a class session lawsuit about them now because of the way they were managing data. It's hard to decouple it. So once you give the rights, it's hard to revoke it. The rights are still there like months, years later if you don't revoke it, just like with the wallets. And so it's got security problems. The other thing is banks forcing it makes it harder. Some banks don't support that. So you have to give it your account and no, you shouldn't really give your account and password to anything. Now, I've talked to the Plaid people. I know it's a generally secure service, but the way they're doing it, being forced upon people is the problem. What should happen is it's presented as an option and it'll get you set up faster, but you can still do the old legacy. It just means it's going to take longer. Instead, banks are forcing it upon people. Recently, Binance.us, which again is only America, Gemini, Robinhood, which is predominantly America, and SoFi are trying to introduce Plaid. What does this mean for you? If you're in the United States, what this ultimately means is that these different exchanges are going to try to force Plaid largely to get information that they really shouldn't have. And you're, you said that's cynical. I'm I'm telling the truth because that's the only reason you use Plaid. Because they don't like to get to your bank. Okay, let's use Plaid so I can get to your bank. They don't need that. All they need is the ACH and the account number. They're trying to speed up getting access to data they don't need. It's not going to help them with KYC. It's not going to help with anything else other than getting access to data that they don't already need. They're trying to introduce blockchain.com, BitGo. And again, these are to get access to bank information. It's not going to improve your service at all because it hasn't improved service on the bank side. And we still have the fundamentals of ACH and you know your transit number, et cetera. They just don't want to use those because they're impatient and they want more data. Like those integrations, you can't tell it, okay, all you can see is the balance. All you can see is the transaction. It's going to get everything and you can't stop it. And when they start forcing it, my call to action to you is if you're in one of these exchanges, be considerate of whether you want to continue your business there, because I'm telling you right now from having used Plaid for years, being forced upon us, I think it's going to be a problem. And I think at some point there's going to be breaches and people's information is going to get taken, including your money. That's my tinfoil. You can feel free to ignore me and I encourage you to do so if you are Not concerned about it, but I'm concerned having been a user of it for a long time. So now Bitcoin, real quick, right? Bitcoin has been dipping pretty strong and we had the up ever slightly and people thought it's going somewhere, but no, it eventually was dipping down again, going to 19. I think it went even to 18, but it went down. People are expecting that it might go down to 17.5. Some people say, no, there's no way. I'm in that boat that I don't think, I don't think, any lower than 19 is going to happen because of who holds, who sells, da, da, da. I could get it wrong. But again, if you stick with the core tokens, you really can't go wrong because they're not going anywhere. But the memes are affected by these. So if you decide to invest in memes, understand that whatever Bitcoin's doing is going to affect your investments, even if you're not directly invested in those projects. It's something you want to be aware and cognizant of. So you make sure... Just keep yourself sane. Be smart about it. Whichever you choose to do, be smart about it. And don't, again, don't yellow into anything, as I said. And certainly I would recommend not getting into projects that are, are going to possibly wreck you and trash you out. So then I got attacked on YouTube, right? Because I don't, I'm not a fan of all these different orgs that try to act like banks and they offer products that are like banking, right? And this is now starting to be a conversation. I'm not a fan of it myself. Others are not a fan of it. And the reason is because of the terms. The terms allow them, like the Voyagers of the world, the Celsius of the world, the stable gains of the world, the terms allow them to basically hold your money. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's part of the reason it's a high risk, is because they can basically take your money and not give it back to you. So it's not necessarily there's anything fundamentally wrong with the concept, assuming a bull market. But in a bear market, they can just take your money and not give it back. I find that unacceptable personal. That's my opinion. Why I'm not a, a supporter of this. We see now at least six that I can think on the top of my head of these types of companies that are just crashing and burning. And then they lock your money. I don't support that at all because, and it goes to the lack of regulation, certainly, but also just ethically, ethically, we know why they're doing it. it's because they don't have the money to pay their creditors. I'm saying that it shouldn't matter. If you don't have the money right now, you need to find a way without holding my money against my will And I don't think that anybody should. I don't think, no, I don't agree with it. So then the last, real quick, because I want to make sure it's clear in overall picture, crypto picture. A lot of things are happening right now. A lot of things are moving. I can assure you at least with what's going on to USDC, which is right now the strongest stable coin, which is the fundamental stable coin, Things look like they're positioned for recovery. Now, what we have to do is let time pass. It's going to be up and down, and there's not going to be a clear picture of when it's going to end. We're going to have to buy, you know, kind of be patient and not be set off or upset or anything because it's going to take some time. So my call to you is, again, if you're going to invest in anything, I would stick with the core tokens that really cannot fail you. I would personally not recommend getting into any of the memes or anything unless you truly are confident that they're going to take care of you because at the end of the day, it's all about the developers taking care of you. I don't think anything else really matters. I also believe that a lot of these craps are going to happen more and more with these companies that act like banks. We're going to have to let time pass and see just how bad it really gets. In the meantime, if you're curious about myself, even I am not investing any new projects, I might up existing ones buying off the dip like EverRise, right? My EverRise right now is my largest stake because they're the only ones that are acting like a real business and they seem like they're kind of hard and their ups and downs are strong, but at the same time, they're not like totally crapping out, which appeals to me personally. But they're one, they're like that diamond in the rough. There's very few companies that act like that where they're just singular strong. So I have not excessively invested in anything. So I'm kind of just waiting it out, stacking money, Plus, I'm planning to try to buy a house here soon. So for me, I knew that there was no reason to do it because I can always just buy the home and then later buy into whatever I want. As a closing call to action, please, please take care of your family. Take care of your, if you have children, take care of your children. If you have pets, take care of your pets. Keep a roof over your head. Keep food on your table. Make sure that you are not taking money and just tossing everything you got into something just because of that gamble. Please don't do that. Remember. Gambling can be an illness, and I wouldn't want people to be tempted by green candles or tempted by potential or anything else. If you do invest in projects, whichever projects that you do, please make sure you take profits as they climb. Don't just leave it in there because you can't know what can happen. And I'm not just talking crypto. I'm talking in the government space. I'm talking with mass shootings. I'm talking with these crises like a war, things where you have a famine, things where there's a heat wave or power outage. You can't know what's going to happen. Make sure that you're not tossing everything into anything that's a gamble because essentially it's gambling. Keep money that you can afford to lose. Throw away money. It's fine to play around with and just kind of see what it is. No, it's not going to make you a millionaire overnight. It's not supposed to. If you do put significant amounts because you really believe in it, just please make sure you take some profits. Don't just let it sit. I know it's tempting. I believe you got to break the temptation and keep your family and yourself safe. First and foremost, this is my call to you to keep you safe. That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkradio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do. We work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.